my ideal client is actually men who are suffering from low testosterone and erectile dysfunction. Because again, that hormone balance piece, right? You can't reproduce if you're in fight or flight all the time. And it's interesting how much that gets missed. And like you said, if you're in fight or flight, your thyroid doesn't function well and then you can't make a baby, right? I think people miss that one of the main causes of infertility in this country is thyroid dysfunction, which is a stress dysfunction. Hey everybody, my name is Josh Remini. I am the pharmacist that de-prescribes drugs by giving people health and wellness tips, tricks, hacks to moving their health from maybe not so good to vibrant. Follow along if you're ready to go beyond the pills. Hello, everybody. My next guest has been a colleague and a little bit of a friend of mine in our mentorship program with Functional Medicine and has also been working with my wife, Jamie, a health coach. And I thought it'd be great if we could introduce this awesome person and what she's been doing in our health and wellness field. So without further ado, hello, Dr. Marcy. How are you? Hey, Josh, I am doing great. How about you? Great. So let's start out with your story, who you are, where you came from, and what you're up to. Okay. So my story in health and wellness actually starts from a pretty young age. I got diagnosed with scoliosis when I was three. I had some issues with that in second grade where I lost use of my left leg for about six months. Spent some time on crutches, saw a physical therapist and a chiropractor went mostly what we consider traditional medical route, but like alternative therapies were involved. By age 12, I was pretty sure that I either wanted to be a large animal vet or a physical therapist. And that was that. And really had decided by the end of high school that physical therapy was the route that I was going. Went through undergrad and graduate school. I graduated from Regis University with a doctorate in physical therapy in 2005 and got into practicing. When I was first practicing, I worked for one of those big corporate type outfits where I was seeing about 20 patients a day in a 10 hour day. And it wasn't bad. I actually liked the group of people that I worked with, but slowly they all started moving on to other places. And I was left with a group of people that I didn't fit with. Our goals and dreams did not align. And so I moved on to a small private practice and I was there for a couple of years and then went to another private practice and I was there for about four and a half years. And then when my kids were born, I decided it was time to really do my own thing because I needed a change in freedom in my schedule. So when I opened my own business, it actually also opened opportunities for me to do more coaching. And that was something that I found I really enjoyed doing. But then I came into some pretty significant health issues. And not unlike a lot of people, I had a really bad experience in the traditional medical setting. So I went to my primary care physician for some pretty severe low back pain. And I'm a physical therapist and back pain is my specialty. So it was very frustrating to me that I was doing all the things that I knew I should do to help back pain and I couldn't make it better. And one of the things that happened in my family is that there's some autoimmune conditions. And two years prior to this, I was diagnosed with celiac. And so I thought for sure this was autoimmune. And I went to my primary care doctor and said, this is what's happening. And I don't know how to fix it. And so I think I need a referral to a rheumatologist. And she asked me the traditional, have you tried pain mints? Have you tried muscle relaxers? Have you tried anti-inflammatories? And I 
told her that I had tried doing Advil, but it didn't really help. I can't do pain meds and I can't do muscle relaxers because my body just doesn't tolerate them. And she wrote me a prescription for pain medication, anti-inflammatories and muscle relaxers. And it wasn't like a short prescription. It was like a 21 day prescription of opioids. And I was like, wait, did you not just like, did you, did you hear me at all? I can't take that stuff. And she wrote the prescription. It went into the pharmacy. I never went and picked it up. And she did write the referral to the rheumatologist, which I was grateful for. But then I went and met with the rheumatologist, who was also someone who I referred patients to. And he's supposed to be the top in my area, like in the Denver metro area. My experience there, my husband went with me to the appointment. And this was probably the absolute lowest point I've ever, ever, ever had in the medical community where he basically said, our way of diagnosing this is to try this steroid. If it doesn't work, we try a different one. If that doesn't work, we try a different one. If that doesn't work, we try a different one. And I asked, is there no diagnostic tool to look at even whether I carry the genetics to have an autoimmune disorder? And he said, in my clinic, we do things my way. And if you don't like it, you can get that out. <laughs> my husband was sitting in the room and he cussed at me. I mean, I was just like, wow, wow, that's not, I don't deserve to be treated that way. And neither does anyone else for that matter. And I had already been doing research on autoimmune conditions and anti-inflammatory diets and that kind of thing. And so I knew there were other options. But I wanted, I guess, like other people, that security of the medical support. And that's not what I got. I got talked to like I was an idiot and treated poorly and discarded, basically, because I wasn't willing to put a drug in my body that causes you to gain weight, makes your bone mass go down. And as a female over the age of 35 at the time, I was like, that can't be good for me. Messes with your hormones, including your insulin resistance and blood sugars, and then causes long-term permanent damage to the heart. Like I just looked at that and went, that can't be the answer. I don't need that answer. I need something else. So I started looking into health coaching and through that actually stumbled across the Institute for Functional Medicine and started looking into the, some of their protocols, went through their health coaching certification program, and then went through another health coaching certification program and started doing some health coaching. But I really didn't jump, so to speak, into the functional medicine side until really May of 2021. And that was out of, I think, more an abundance of need for something really to change, not just in my life, but in the people who I was seeing on a physical therapy level in their life. Because I think there are a lot of people with autoimmune conditions in this world and they just have the medical route. There's no other option for them, except that you and I both know that there is another option and it's an easier road to take long-term, like short-term, no, because there's pain and there's inflammation and there's all this concern and worry, right? But in the long-term, the health benefits of actually correcting the problem are more beneficial to the patients than just throwing a medication at it and seeing if it works and 90 days later reassessing and putting a different medication in place. So that's kind of the long way that I ended up doing what I'm doing, but that's how I got here. 
That's great. There's so many commonalities when I interview functional or integrative providers that came from the traditional route, because I don't think anybody that I know of today that are practitioners gone like straight to functional. Like even as practitioners, there's no pathway for that. You know, there is now, but it's so infantile and so new. Like as a pharmacist who turned functional medicine provider, same kind of story. It's like you get a piece of it, but you weren't told the whole story. What I love about your story and your journey of why you got there is so similar to mine. It's so similar to everyone's because I asked that same question. It's like people that get into functional or integrative, that mindset, it's affected them personally or someone very close to them. Like the reason I got into functional medicine is to heal my wife's pain and her migraines that she had for 90 days straight because traditional medicine went traditional route and said, we're going to block the symptom and see what happens. It's funny how someone that's so entrenched in autoimmune, like a rheumatologist or a gastroenterologist who's supposed to know everything about the gut, won't even think about that side of it. And it's like, oh, we're just going to throw steroids at you. And guess what? They like it or leave it. What I really loved what you told in both your stories with your primary and the rheumatologist is you tell me your experience in working this through with your patients now is the first and last reason they support and love what we do with people is because we do hear their story. The process of IFM's approach is to do a timeline with the patient. So my first interaction with a patient is an hour or two, understanding their story from when they were born up until now. And you even said it, you're like, all I want to do is be heard. Like you didn't hear me because I told you what I needed and you did it anyway. And it's like, well, that philosophy is so much change with the patient-centered approach. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what you do with your patients, but I love this energy we have, like physical therapist turned health coach functional, pharmacist turned functional. We have these zones of genius. You look at functional medicine through your physical therapy lens. So tell me a little bit about what I call your zone of genius. What is Dr. Marcy's stamp on this thing of wellness? Yeah, from the physical therapy side, I look at the inflammation level for sure. And somebody's history of injuries, right? If you're somebody who chronically has injuries, especially if they're in certain areas, you can almost always tie that to an endocrine or an organ system. So somebody who chronically sprains their ankles probably has poor adrenal function. If we don't fix the adrenal dysfunction, we're never going to fix the ankle issue. Somebody who has chronic low back pain probably has either kidney or adrenal issues. If we don't fix the body's ability to have the kidneys actually filter out and concentrate what we need them to concentrate and then get rid of what we don't need, that back pain, it's not going to heal. And because of that, the adrenals will be stressed out. And the interesting thing is all of that, you know, the gut health is primary, right? Because if the gut isn't able to absorb what we need it to absorb, then we end up with vitamin and mineral deficiencies that don't allow the kidneys to work well, that don't allow the adrenal glands to function the way they're supposed to. And then the other side of it, the things that people miss, the big things, right? When you end up with adrenal dysfunction, you end up with more tendon injuries globally because of cortisol. So you need some cortisol to survive, but our inability to shut down our stress keeps cortisol being produced until a point where the adrenals fatigue. Well, when the cortisol keeps getting produced, 
melatonin cannot be produced because cortisol and a melatonin have an inverse relationship. The other interesting thing that I see is I also treat a lot of vertigo patients and concussion patients. Cortisol and antidiuretic hormone also have an inverse relationship. So antidiuretic hormone goes with melatonin. So our people that don't sleep have an electrolyte and mineral imbalance because they go to the bathroom all the time. They drink water and 20 minutes later, they're just peeing it out because their kidneys can't function the way they're supposed to because they have no antidiuretic hormone on board. When you look at that big, huge picture of the person and what's happening with them, if you're not looking at the endocrine system, if you're not looking at the organ systems, you're going to miss things. I mean, even our chronic headache people, well, what's their gallbladder doing? Because this is a gallbladder point in acupuncture. Well, that muscle attaches to the base of the skull. So it causes tension headaches. And that's something that people, they just miss those things all the time. And if you're not looking at it, you can't fix the person because you can treat the symptom, which is what a lot of people do. You know, oh, I'm going to massage this. I'm going to stretch that. I'm going to give you something to strengthen it. But they're never getting to the root cause of the problem, which is the gallbladder. It's a different approach of looking at it. And what I'm trying to do with my patients now is have them take a more holistic approach to everything that they're doing. And it all starts in the gut. So even with hormone imbalance, like I see a lot of patients that have thyroid dysfunction, right? And that the thyroid dysfunction creates some issues with the neck. It creates some issues with musculature across the chest and weakness in the back. So when we look at thyroid dysfunction, how do we get the hormones to balance? Well, the adrenal glands have to function right first for the thyroid to work correctly. So again, it's all connected. You can't look at this one little thing. And that's, I think what most physical therapists or most people in medicine are doing right now is, oh, you have this symptom. I'm going to treat only that because that's the only thing that matters. And they're missing the ecosystem, which is the person. Yeah. Well, and I love that your spin on the physical part of medicine connected to the body and the energy centers and what we're doing because they are interconnected. So I love that lens you create through the physical side of medicine and physical therapy and bringing in the root cause holistic space. So that's an amazing talent because having those two counterbalance each other definitely gets out. I say it's the ologist approach to medicine. It's like, we just stick it over here because, you know, that's the body part. My seven-year-old daughter got the game operation. And that just reminded me of that. It's like, oh, let's fix that piece. You know, let's not worry about that. And yeah, it's all intertwined with the gut. It's all intertwined with the body. This goes to that, which goes to that. And I love That same philosophy with balancing the adrenals and the stress response system really helps most things because we say, even traditional medicine, 80% of physician visits are due to one thing, stress. Chronic conditions downstream affect all of the things and the upstream problem is generally stress. And so whether I'm dealing with hormones or weight loss or deprescribing medicine for something or this, it's like, How's your stress level? Where are we going to go with that? That's why Jamie and I are heart mass certified. I don't not work on stress because everybody has to manage. Just like you said, it's the cortisol melatonin balance, that sympathetic parasympathetic thing. You can't be in both. 
So if you're not resting and digesting and recharging, you're in the other side. There is no like purgatory or in one or the other. So I loved your analogy because whether you give somebody prednisone or they're super stressed, it's the same in the body. So from a pharmacy perspective, that's how I teach my patients because we teach the side effect of what you said with the corticosteroids of blood sugar dysregulation, immune function, like all of that still is pertinent to the stuff you make inside your body too. And so I don't ever work with a patient without looking at adrenals or at least addressing them. So I'm glad that you brought it in from your fold, you know, from your physical component. I treat inflammation, but I ask them how their mindset is too. We have to work on that. And yes, fight or flight, right? Yeah. You know, we got to run from the tiger before we can metabolize our food before we can have babies. That's how I talk to people. You got to get up here first. I do bioidenticals. I can treat people, but I don't do that without here, right? I can't fix your thyroid without fixing your stress. I can't fix your sex hormones without fixing your thyroid without fixing your stress. So I'm glad that you brought that up because it's a very, very cool analogy. I love how you spun it with your stuff. So who are you working with now? Who is your favorite people to work with? And what are you doing with your virtual stuff? Yeah. So on the virtual side, my ideal client is actually men who are suffering from low testosterone and erectile dysfunction. Because again, that hormone balance piece, right? You can't reproduce if you're in fight or flight all the time. And it's interesting how much that gets missed. And like you said, if you're in fight or flight, your thyroid doesn't function well and you can't make a baby. I think people miss that one of the main causes of infertility in this country is thyroid dysfunction, which is a stress dysfunction. Right. Mm -hmm. With men, same thing. If the adrenals aren't functioning well, you cannot produce enough DHEA and dopamine, which means that testosterone doesn't get produced because the adrenals also are responsible for sulfating DHEA and then sending it to the liver. And then the liver is supposed to convert that to testosterone. But then if the liver is not clean, then it will unsulfate the DHEA and convert it to estrogen. So we end up with men in this estrogen dominance pattern where they're not producing enough testosterone because their adrenals don't function well. And so really helping get the gut corrected, get the adrenals online, getting the liver cleaned out and restoring testosterone more naturally as opposed to doing bioidenticals. And I'm not saying I'm against bioidenticals, but we shouldn't be giving them to 20 year olds. And I'm seeing that a lot. Well, yeah, and it's a great point. I'd love to talk about this place because working with these folks is I spend more time fixing testosterone issues Mm -hmm. than I do getting people on testosterone at this point, because the other piece is what does the doctor do? They slather on the testosterone because they look at the endogenous production. It seems relatively low, but they didn't look at the stress. They didn't look at the gut. They didn't look at estrogen. They didn't even test. Yeah. And then From a pharmaceutical perspective, we compound, so we know where these are coming from, but testosterone, when put on the skin and used transdermally, does not go through hepatic absorption. It goes through lymphatic absorption. So they can't test your blood when they give it to you on your skin, which means they don't see it. And then they put more and then they put more. And you and I both know that's where it all just converts over to estrogen. So now we have man boobs. Now we have... I'm feeling worse. Okay, let's put more on. Okay, I'm feeling worse. Let's. I, I've seen obscene doses, super, super physiological doses because of that. And pharma screwed us from the beginning. So 
you're putting a guy on five milligrams of testosterone, but they're actually getting 50 to a hundred. Right. So it's like, you have to unprescribe their doctors and then you have to fix them. And then you have to tell them, I have to give you less because to make you feel better or wash yes. you out. You know, <laughs> that's why I stopped doing hormones because I got so frustrated because coming from the traditional pharmacy people and they're coming in, I'm getting scripts for 50 milligrams and they're like, I feel great. And then a month later they feel worse. And then you have that receptor down regulation and all these problems. And it's like, I don't want to fix you because you're not even listening. Yeah. <laughs> Doctors will listen. You know, it's funny how they think one thing. But anyway, we can go down that whole rabbit hole. So I love that you working with guys, you're solving their pain. Their pain is yeah. ED. Their pain is yeah. they can't have sex and enjoy life. But you don't directly work there. You indirectly fix the problem because you're going downstream you're looking at the downstream stuff, but you're going so proactive because you're addressing the cortisol, you're addressing the gut, you're addressing the liver, you're making sure the body works. Mm -hmm. Talk to me because I think this is great. And the summit we're doing with pharmacists is beyond the pills is you can correct the imbalance without doing the testosterone. 20 year olds yeah. don't need testosterone unless they have a severe issue with making right. But then we should be, which would have already been diagnosed before they were 20. Yes. And that's a pituitary gland dysfunction, yeah. right? And usually if we see a male developing sexually before the age of 13, we need to start addressing that male before the age of 13, because that's a pituitary gland dysfunction. It's not a testosterone issue. It's a different issue, mm -hmm. which also gets missed. That's one of those things that we were not paying attention to even in our youth, which is creating a problem then later. But yeah, so what I'm doing with these guys right now, I have one, two, three, four, five people, three of them in their third month. One of them is in his fifth month and one of them is in month six of the program. So the program takes a while, right? Because you don't mess up hormones overnight. <laughs> you mess them up over years of time. So it takes the average person I will expect will take about a year to get through the program entirely, but some people will take 15 to 16 months. I have no doubt about that because their systems are so challenged that they'll need that time. I run them through by first starting them on 90 days of an adrenal support diet where we get rid of the stimulants. I try and have them do one day a month where they are completely silent and no electronics, as little light as possible that doesn't come from sunlight. And then they also start running through a protocol to get them detoxing because I think people would be surprised. I mean, we talk about constipation, but people are like, oh, I have a bowel movement every other day. That's normal. And I'm like, no, that's not normal. We need you going to the bathroom pretty much. If you eat a meal... 14 to 16 hours later, you should go to the bathroom. So if you're eating three meals a day, you should have three bowel movements a day. If you're eating two meals a day, you should have two bowel movements a day. So start getting that education in them and getting their bowels moving. We go through a specific protocol where we're helping that out and then start giving them supplements in month two that help detox the liver and the kidneys and start providing a little bit more support than just the diet to the adrenal glands. And then usually right around six to eight weeks in the people who are this far through the program, the people who are only two weeks in, we're not noticing a significant difference yet, except in energy level. They all say they have better energy, but somewhere between six and eight weeks, the men are starting to report a morning erection again, which is huge. If in six to eight weeks, we can undo one part of the problem, then we know that the rest of the program 
is working for one of the guys. Everyone on the program so far has lost weight. That's not one of the main goals of the program, but it is happening because they're eating better with the adrenal support diet. For one of the guys, he was on testosterone support. I am not sure that we would ever get him completely off of testosterone support because he used steroids a lot as a college athlete and then professional athlete. And so I don't think we will ever get him off because he was starting to use steroids in his 20s, insane levels of steroids in his 20s. So there are some issues there. That yeah, everything shut down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he already is noticing differences in the ability to build muscle, which is a testosterone dependent thing, and his ability to also have endurance, even his steady state cardio. And he's six months into the program, and his body fat percentage has dropped from about 17% down to 10%. And he feels great. I'm pretty sure none of those guys are complaining about those side effects you're giving them, right? Yeah, there have not. I mean, (laughs) I have had people say, oh my gosh, how do we go to the bathroom this much? And for the ones that have kids, it's easy to explain, right? Like, okay, how often did your wife or you change a dirty diaper when your child was zero to nine months old? Right. And they will like every time we fed them. Why do you think that is? Because we haven't tainted their gut yet. Well, and if they're not stressed and running from the tiger either, right? Exactly. And that's the same case. If you're in fight or flight, your gut shuts down. You don't poop when you're running from the tiger. So that's why people get used to like, yeah, go every three days. And it's like, well, we know you don't have enough motility and there's no motility because there's no blood flow and there's no blood flow. Are you, you know, sleeping, stressed, you know, that thing. Talk me through though. I'm so curious now because I'm a guy and I know how guys think. And when they're coming to Marcy, a female provider for ED, they're so used to the blue pill, right? They're so used to just fix me, give me the blue pill. Talk me through this because I think a lot of guys, they do like the quick fix. Whenever there's a problem, it's like, how do I fix it? That's our mentality. That's the masculine side of things. So when you're rolling someone through and saying, you know, give me six weeks, this is going to take time. When I work with people on the stress side, because that's sort of my ideal client is a high profile entrepreneur, business owner who's on burnout and they can't lose weight. They're feeling bad. They're tired. So we always address the stress. They didn't get there overnight. So you have to move that backwards. Talk me through how you talk through that person, because I assume at some point, most of these guys are like, what? I got a what? I want a story or two. Let me know. Talk a little bit about your way. These guys are signing up. They're going through your process, but the guys Um, I know would be like, hell no, that's six months. I'll take the pill. So what's your response to that? So interestingly, the people that I have talked to have tried some other things and those things aren't working anymore, including the blue pill. And when I look at the research for a Viagra, for Cialis, for any of those erectile dysfunction pills, when you look at the research on Slidenafil, unfortunately, within three years, it no longer works for 84% of people. It stops working. And that's a problem. But it doesn't work because nobody ever went back and addressed the problem. They, oh, you have ED, we have a pill for that. 
but they didn't say, okay, you have erectile dysfunction, which is a cardiovascular issue. Like that's the first sign of a cardiovascular problem that can be cholesterol. It can be testosterone because if you don't have enough testosterone, you are more prone to cardiac events. I mean, that's proven in the research. It can be a blood flow in general issue. It can be diabetes. Like erectile dysfunction can be a symptom that shows up before diabetes. It can be your first symptom of diabetes. So when I talk to them about what's happening and what the research shows, so yeah, 30% of people could stay on that drug forever and it'll always work. And of course, I'm going to come across those people, but that's not my target audience either because they're going to fight me tooth and nail because this works for them. My people that I want to help are the people who've tried to lose weight and can't lose weight. Well, why can't they lose weight? Because their adrenals don't function. They have tried testosterone and it's not changing the erectile dysfunction. They have tried, and this one frustrates me, metformin and it's no longer working which long-term side effects of metformin are also erectile dysfunction and lowered testosterone, which nobody tells them that. Educating them is the best way. And for somebody who's like, I need this to change now, I'll say, okay, our best bet is to give you a nitric oxide supplement. We're going to have you take in the morning and then about two hours before sexual activity. And it's going to change the erectile dysfunction. Automatically, it will because we're going to change blood flow. So that's going to fix it. But nitric oxide is also something that we know supports all the tissues in the body in a very positive way. So it's not something that's going to cause damage. Yes, we're still addressing a symptom. We're not addressing the root cause, but I also won't give them just like free reign. Here's your nitric oxide supplement. They have to be in the program and working through the program because otherwise, obviously at some point that's going to fail as well, or their heart's going to fail. I was going to ask you about the nitric cycle and supplementation because we now have tools in our toolbox to test for that pretty easy. So thank you for bringing it up. Yes, I think we're all so used to the pill for the ill philosophy. And I always do the same. It's like I could give you 12 supplements, but that's not going to fix you either. So I call it the green pill for the ill. Don't just go supplement route. I could put 25 supplements in front of you, but you're not going to fix yourself. So I'm glad that you kind of like You got to work through the process. This is part of it. I found that in pharmacy too, is like, they don't want to take a drug. Tell me the supplement I have to take instead of the drug. And it's not really in conjunction with lifestyle and working with us as your guide. So I love that piece. So you help guys get back to better health and life with ED through your process. I love it. You should hopefully have people knocking down your door. So how do people get a hold of you if they want to work with you? The best way is probably to email me, which is just drmarcy at agilityphysio.com. I do have a website, 5280restorativemed.com. They can email me from there. They can also book a consultation from there. Anyone who does want to work with me has to go through the consultation. To get through that consultation, there are about 300 to 700 questions they need to answer regarding different body systems because I want to know they're serious about changing their health. And anyone who's not willing to make the commitment to answer those questions about their own personal health probably isn't also my ideal client because they're not going to put the work in in the program that I know needs to be done. I love it. Even before you get to a strategy call, you're making them prove I'm ready to do the work. I love that. So make it complicated so they know 
and it's not complicated. These questions aren't hard, right? But yeah, it takes commitment. I do the same thing. I do not work with people not ready to work on themselves, investing yeah. in themselves and working on themselves. So I love that. I'm going to steal it. I'm going to make my strategy call a lot more robust in my questionnaire. It does also cut down on the number of people who are willing to go through the strategy call, but I would rather help the people who are very serious about it and who actually want to make changes because I'm sure you've had this happen. Somebody joins one of your programs and then six weeks in, they're like, this isn't working, but they haven't done any of the work you've asked them to do. And they're blaming you for the problem. Yep. I got one to answer today. We just at lunch, someone emailed me. They haven't even engaged in me. We went through the discovery process. Our program was great. We launched the program online. We asked her to make her initial in-person appointment to kickstart her program crickets. And now she's asking me for a refund. And I'm like, I'm happily refund you because you never even did any of the work. And I don't want to work with those people. So yeah, I'm working with one right now. I was like, I didn't get it. We went through the whole process. You agreed. And now, anyway, we could talk forever on that stuff. That was a great conversation. Thank you, Dr. Marcy. I hope to visit you one day. I have one of my very good friends in the Denver area. So I will be out there this summer, no doubt. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Pills podcast. You can find Josh on LinkedIn and Facebook at Josh Rimini and on TikTok at Beyond the Pills. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd be forever grateful if you left a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know somebody who wants to go beyond the pills, send them this episode. If you've got any specific questions or ideas for future episodes, reach out to Josh and send him a message. Thanks again for being a part of the Beyond the Pills community. We'll see you next time. Thank you.